he really got me. You know, I think it's because he was gay. Got the nuances more. get me a gay mickey gotta get a gay well hello and welcome to another episode of in the details a celebration of nuance where almost each week i clean out on all the acting choices micro moments and magic and the minutiae that make a scene great my name is colin drucker you collectively continue to be barbara bell gettys and it is so nice to be talking to you again. It's been a few weeks. It's been it's been a, a busy first month of 2019. It's been actually a really good first month, but um, I went on vacation for a few days and I had to get a new laptop because my old one was just kind of like, girl, I can't do this anymore. And I was like, I get it. I get it. Uh, and so uh, it's been this kind of interesting, like, uh, I don't know, I've been in the season of like, you know, I'm spring has come early. Um, so, you know, I did kind of like, I went to Fort Lauderdale, which is kind of like this sort of spring break kind of vacation. And I've been doing this sort of spring cleaning of my apartment. I've been, I have not been watching the, what is it called? The magical joy of tidying up with Marie Kondo. I have not been watching it, but I do think that I have been having my own magical joy in, in tidying up. I, I have just been like, well, here's the thing. I don't know if you want to know things about me. If you don't, you could just like fast forward till you hear me talking about something that doesn't sound like me. But I um, I kind of went into this year, you know, my goal, my, my word of the year was stability. And I had, you know, kind of set goals and had ideas and, and just had a sense, of course, of like what, what I wanted this year to kind of look like in terms of goals I was setting, for example. You know, so financial ones. Like I know it's kind of gauche to talk about money, but I guess – life has been very unpredictable financially for the past few years and now it's it's fairly predictable and you know knock on wood right and and good predictable like oh okay oh this is like uh yeah this is a good prediction coming true i'm just trying to say things are good things are stable i can call 2019 the year of stability pretty confidently (laughs) right now you know i wouldn't i wouldn't be saying that in 2016 okay that was not the that was not the word of the year in 2016 that was like uh that was like trying to eat soup on a -a tilt-a-whirl that was that was not stable but that's why i'm really happy about 2019 being a lot more stable and so you know what kind of came with that stability was like oh i'd like to kind of do something intelligent with my money and um, other than just, you know, because I live in New York and so I'm just pissing away my money on rent and takeout and uh, Metro cards. I'm trying to think else, what else I spend money on because I don't like I don't I don't go out that much. Kel Surprise. like I'm just I'm just home watching, you know, clips of Valerie Harper on YouTube. No, I'm not out at, you know, I'm not out at, at, at clubs at 2 a.m. Uh, any night of the week. So, I, you know, and I don't drink all that much. And so, and I got a pretty, you know, I would say my my weed budget is pretty reasonable. So it's just got to be rent and take out, you know? And, I, but I was like, okay, well, let me see if I could do something more reasonable with my money than just like such, you know, money that has like very little return on investment. You know, like I'm happy to have an apartment and I'm loving the pizza that I'm eating in it. But I want, I, you know, I need something to stick, you know? And so 
I thought, oh, it'd be kind of cool to buy something. And obviously not here in New York, but I had I have been to Fort Lauderdale a few times, and uh, I think I've made this this decision after going there twice. So I'm I'm saying this self aware that it was like, oh, you know, what would be really cool is like I could buy a place down here, and then it'd be like an investment property, and I'd rent it out, and I would do with what like so many other people are doing. Like maybe you have even done that, or you know someone who know, who has done that. Like I think it's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. It's like six degrees of who has an Airbnb in Fort Lauderdale, and. I want it to be one of those people. And I'm not saying I don't want to be. Like, I set that goal at the beginning of 2019. It's now almost the end of January. And I'm like, I, you know, guys, I thought about it. No, it's not. I I still like the idea. Um, I went there, you know, so I went there a few weeks ago. And I had a really good time. And maybe that's a whole other episode that I could do, like a bonus episode. I wish I had, like, a Patreon because it's like – I don't know. Like, you don't want to tell everybody everything, you know, but like I think of each trip in Fort Lauderdale as like a movie. And like, I think of how the first one feels like the first movie in a trilogy and the second one feels like a sequel. And this third trip was like totally what happens in the third movie, you know, and that's super vague, but I just like, I just don't want to get into it right now. Um, But it was uh, anyway, I had a really good time, but it, it, I feel like, well, first of all, like this time I didn't stay at like a resort or a hotel. I stayed in an Airbnb, like I basically like did a test run of what I'm talking about, you know, it's like, I got the idea with like no sense of what it would be like to have an apartment in Fort Lauderdale, you know, so like I needed to have a sense of what that would feel like. And I still like it. Like, I still I like the idea of having, you know, I like the idea of having a place down there. Um, Like, say, I just want to take a quick three day weekend, you know, like flights aren't super cheap, but they're not ridiculous. And I would love to just have, like, a little place to go to and then otherwise just rent it out and then also, like, have an investment. You get it. This is how real estate works. I am not reinventing the wheel here. I'm – I guess what the realization, all of this rambling, what I've come to is, like, I probably need to go down there a few more times and really get a sense of, like, you know, if I really want to make this kind of commitment to the city that I've now only been to three times and haven't really totally gotten to know, like, in a very limited sense, you know, like – I don't sightsee. Um, that's not what I do. So um, I don't know if that's necessary to have a place down there, but maybe I should. And so also I I realized because at the same time I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll move, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood here in Brooklyn. Maybe I'll, I want to find like this apartment's good, but it's not quite perfect, you know, and there's – of course there's things about it that I would change. You know, I don't have much of a view and – I don't know. I think that's probably it. Otherwise, it's pretty good. The wall between me and my neighbor is maybe a little thin, but like it is what it is. Um, This is the point being, then I started looking at apartments. I just kind of like jumped into that before I like I I saw a listing that I liked and then I contacted the real estate agent. And before I knew it, he was like showing me all these places. And I was like, I was almost like he took me to one place that location was great you know everything about it was really good huge space and it was like under like full gut renovations and it was probably going to be gorgeous but like you it there was not much to go on when we went there and I did consider maybe just making a commitment to that place and also that place was going to be like I don't know $500 more in rent per month and like I like it was not going to be worth that and also here I am trying to save up in the meantime I'm like 
I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm robbing one pocket to, to put the money in the other. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm not helping myself at all. And so I, I realized, I think the other day that like beyond trying to find something that was maybe a little bit cheaper, like beyond all of that, like maybe I need to like stop and, and look at this apartment that I'm in right now and realize like, it's actually a really nice apartment. I mean, the kitchen is great. It's like a really nice kitchen. And I'm not trying to brag. I just, I've had a lot of dumb kitchens. I've had a lot of dumb kitchens. Um, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, dumb kitchens. And uh, dumb kitchens, I've had many. And so, or I've had a few. Isn't that a song lyric? I don't know. I'm, I'm in a lane. I don't know how to drive in. So I realized that maybe what I needed to do, because I've been in this apartment for like a year and a half now, like maybe what I really need to do is like move the fuck in. Because it, I mean, I was kind of looking around and it's like this apartment it looks like I've been here about six months. Like there is a a picture frame that I ordered online, you know, to put to put some art in, and it's still in a box against the wall behind my bike. And it's like just buy some fucking art and put it up. Like that's what you got it for. And there's other things like I just stuff that just like it. I have not committed to this place, and the last few places I've lived in, I have not committed to. I would say I have not fully committed to like the last like one two three the last three apartments I've lived in I haven't committed to like yeah I I just have not they have not felt like home and I think the last one that like really felt like home was the studio I had in Hell's Kitchen and granted I you couldn't you couldn't you could pay me to live in Hell's Kitchen now which if you don't know is a neighborhood in New York City that that it sounds awful, and it actually is, but not because it's, like, some, like, destitute place to live. It used to be. But it's basically, like, west of Times Square, and it's kind of like the 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 gayborhood now. It's kind of the hub of all the gay activity in Manhattan, and it's where all the bars are, but, like, it's also where all the tourists are, and it's so fucking crowded. It's god-awful. Anyway, but I had this little studio— and actually, good size studio, high ceilings. I had a fireplace that I realized in like the eleventh hour worked, and so then I was like, <laughs> so much smoke was coming out of that chimney. I was like, I got to make up for lost time. Uh, I got a fun story about how I almost died of carbon monoxide poisoning that I'll tell you another time. But I, I for some reason, I think because that apartment was just like just enough, like the right size for me to kind of create a, a theme and a look and like I, I put together just like a great looking apartment I had a whole pop art kind of theme scheme I had like lots of reds and yellows and uh for for a brief moment it looked so good and that felt like home and I'm I'm realizing that I can totally do that again but like <clears throat> first things first I needed to get this, I need to like figure out, okay, well, why doesn't this place feel that way? And it's like, okay, well, put more art on the walls. Like it's time to upgrade from this like crappy ass futon that you got when you first moved here and we're not financially stable. Like get a real couch. Like, you know what I really want? I want a sectional. I want, you know, like one of those ones with the chaise. I want to be able to lay out on my couch. I want to fall asleep on my couch and not regret it. I have mapped it out. Like, there's the room for it. I Like, I have figured it out. I, the last few days, I have figured out everything that I'm going to do. I kind of, I like, when, when I do this stuff, when I have these ideas of, like, oh, I, I know this sounds very, like, you know, 
meth, not even once. I know that this sounds like let's rearrange every cabinet. I'm not trying to be Ellen Burstyn in Requiem for a Dream, uh, which is apropos because we're going to talk about people who were snubbed for the Oscar that's in this in, in this week's episode. So uh, consider that somewhat relevant. I'm I I'm just kind of feeling like whoa 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 before I start like focusing on like buying someplace in fucking Fort Lauderdale that I don't know nothing about before I'm trying to move into some you know some some shell of an apartment that's going to cost me a shit ton more money you know in a neighborhood that's not going to be as convenient for trains but like is is definitely a neighborhood I want to live in like it's further into Brooklyn but. You know, I would have to sacrifice being close to different train lines. Like, I, I'm in a pretty solid spot right here. And, like, there's lots of good stuff coming up around this area. Like, gentrification's a touchy topic, you know? Like, I, I definitely am uh, in a neighborhood that's swiftly gentrifying. And, you know, it's next. That's I don't – go to All Right Mary. You want to hear about that? We don't talk about that here and in the details. I'm not trying to go there. Um can we just talk about stuff like, you know, me, Marie Condoing my apartment and uh, the Best Sporting Actress Oscar? Those are, those are the topics I feel really solid covering. Um, anyway, I – so I, I don't know. I guess I, I, um, I feel like I should stay put. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm staying put and I'm going to – instead of focusing so much on saving up for this other, you know – investment property which there's really no time limit on i got plenty of time for that like there's no i'm i'm the one who's looking at like trying to save everything in a year i don't know why i'm always in a rush about this shit but um i'm gonna kind of like ease back on that and invest more in like this apartment and like getting that couch and you know getting like i've figured it all out like it's maybe you know i i i don't talk about it much because i guess and I've been putting more effort into it. I have a YouTube channel as well. I don't know if you guys like... Do you guys like YouTube? <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I, um... It's like trying to talk to teenagers. Like, I just... I, I just don't know how to talk about things like YouTube. It's like Snapchat. Like, that just makes me go, uh... You know, all soupy. Because I don't know how to talk about it. But I... I have a YouTube channel. I've been... I've had it for a few years. Actually, I have tons of videos. Because I did this whole thing where I, like... I was doing the artist's way and I like was making a video for every day of the artist's way. It's called 84 days, the artist's way. I only missed a few days. Like I think I probably made in that time, if there was 84, I was supposed to do, I probably did like 72, 74. I mean, that's, that's pretty fucking good. Um, anyway, and I've been making some since and I, I like, it's super fun. I've, um, like I'm, I want to, I'm actually going to be doing more with it. I've, I've, Create, come up with some ideas of things I want to do on YouTube going forward. But the whole reason I'm talking about this is a, if you you know if you subscribe to people on YouTube, you can go subscribe to me. It's just Colin Drucker. Um, <clears throat> it's the same name as the person who's talking right now on this podcast. You know, you'll you're and there's a link in the in the description. You know where to go. Um, but maybe I can do like an apartment tour once I finish all these these renovations these renovations once I finish this glow up this move in and you can see what I'm talking about if you're into that kind of thing um and I say apartment tour like it's gonna take long if vine still existed I think I could have covered it in one so um anyway that's mostly 15 minutes of backstory on me otherwise things are great I I just I feel I feel totally uh, clear about like this decision and I feel totally clear about this year. I feel really positive about it. Um, and obviously, I mean, you know, it's been 
it's I mean it's been a month. It's been a month for America. We've we've had a couple of we've had a couple of rough blows. It's I mean it's nice to see that the the government has reopened. It's not really what we're talking about. I think there's another real uh, profound injustice that that we face as a country this month. That I guess I do have to cover here. I guess I don't know. I don't know. I I guess I have to just get into it. So um, let's just talk about it. Let's just talk about the fact that. Tony Collette didn't get nominated for an Oscar for Best Actress for Hereditary. I mean, let's just let's just say it. Let's just say Tony Collette's name. Let's just you know give her the moment she's not being given right now for the work that she did. Um, <laughs> I mean, I knew that she wasn't going to get nominated. It's not like I've been holding my breath all this time thinking, well, she didn't get nominated for a Golden Globe. She did get that Gotham Spirit Award, you know, like. If anything's an indication, watch out, Glenn, you know, like I I really didn't expect it. I mean, you hope for it, right? Like what a little surprise, because there were definitely some surprises in the nominations. I mean, not that I'd seen much of any of them to say like, oh, like I, I, I don't say a surprise like I had seen all these movies and these were not the ones I expected to come out of the, you know, to rise to the top, but just, um, you know, you kind of over the award season or from your own perceptions or reading about stuff, you kind of come up with your own shortlist or you let people tell you what your shortlist is. So, I mean, I, we, we, we can talk about for a moment actress in a leading role, even though that's not really the most important category in this list. But it is because Tony did not get nominated. So let's just see what other jerks took her place, you know? No, I'm, I'm fine. Uh, it's cool. I've done a lot of mourning in the past few weeks that you haven't heard from me, so I'm good. Actually, they just announced this a few days ago, so no, I'm not good at all. That's a lie. Um, obviously, Olivia Coleman. that is the one I did see, and uh, I'm not surprised. Though I will say, and I'm wondering what you guys think who've seen The Favorite. It, sure, I guess she's the lead, but I guess it's kind of like The Hours when Nicole Kidman got – she was Best Actress, but then I think – Meryl and Julianne Moore were Best Supporting Actress, but, like, technically, all, I mean, I get it, like, I get the idea that she was the lead and they were the, but, but then at the same time, I'm like, well, it's kind of Meryl's story, actually, you know, I mean, or, you know, it's Julianne Moore, it's all of theirs, see, it's this problem I'm having right here, but, um, so I kind of feel like this is the same thing with The Favorite, where I think Olivia Coleman, Emma Stone, and Rachel I, ugh, Rachel Weiss. We're going to call it Weiss in this episode. It might be Vice. It might be Vice. Who knows? We're just going to commit to Weiss, this one. But I kind of feel in some ways that like they are all kind of – it's like they, they each have a third of the movie in a way. They each have a third of the story. So it's hard to say who's – the lead it's almost like they're each supporting in a way but they're supporting each other uh but i i also get kind of in a way how this is the lead role i think it's also because they can't have all three of them against each other you know in the same category i think that olivia coleman i mean obviously having seen it i would not be shocked or disappointed if she won it is such a it's just such a a large performance it's such a it's so informed like it's so like she I think especially for people like me who were not familiar with her I feel like this is such an incredible introduction to somebody who it's like whoa there's somebody there's an actress out there who is like this good that I've like never seen before this is banana pants and so I think that that sort of excitement that discovery I think 
you know, that could be what pulls a lot of people in. Whereas, you know, let's say like Meryl Streep, like we're so familiar with her that sometimes it's like, ugh, and then Meryl got nominated, obviously. Like, because we're kind of, she's really got to like, she's really got to turn it out to kind of wow us because like she's just so good that I wonder if that's the same for people who are really familiar with Olivia Coleman. Like, is this, if you've seen a lot of what she's done, is this like next level Olivia Coleman? Or are you like, you know, honestly, like it's good and all, but like this woman, she can, she can do a lot more than this. And I, there's a part of me that feels like that might be the truth. But anyway, and, and consider that a compliment. Uh, and then, of course, I did not see, still I did not see A Star is Born. I just, I don't have anything against it or Lady Gaga or, I, like, I'm not one of those people who's, like, has any issue with it. I feel like people have issues with it either because you're, like, a big Barbara fan or a Judy fan or a Gaga fan or a not or, I don't know. It's a, I feel like it's a movie that people have personal opinions on where they come in with preconceived feelings. And I... I am I am prone to give Lady Gaga the benefit of the doubt, even though I feel weird. Like it's it's so weird to be saying Lady Gaga. Like it's that's like, but I'm not gonna call her like Stephanie. Like I don't know her. I didn't go to school with her. We you know no, no. I don't know why school is the only other reason I can call her Stephanie. I guess I just feel like did she go to NYU? I don't know. Again, I I gotta stay out of lanes. I don't know how to drive. And anyway, I don't want to be that person. But um. I I think it would be super cool if she won. I think that she's going to win the Oscar for best song and so I think that Lady Gaga will get the, will be an EGOT, in, you know, at some point in her career and that's awesome. I remember when I first like heard about her. I remember when when Just Dance came out and I thought that she was some Euro pop star and I thought she was going to be just like a flash in the pan. I thought it was going to be like uh uh oh god, what was that song? Evacuate the dance floor. I thought it was gonna. She was gonna be like that. Do you remember that song? Oh, it's a great song. Uh, let's. I have not seen. Can you forgive me? Uh, so I do. I can't say anything about Melissa McCarthy. I think it's so cool that she got nominated. I think it's so cool that she got nominated for like a serious role. Not that there's anything wrong with it with her getting nominated for Bridesmaids. I'm actually like I love that. I think it's so cool that a movie like that that she could still pop because people would not. Even though you know plenty of actors are doing incredible work in comedies like that, I think for her to get recognized for how funny she was and how committed, I think is so. Um, it's such a fun surprise. I but I would not have expected her to win that year. I don't expect her to win this year either. I think that she might have Tony Collette's Oscar nomination. I don't know, but I would love to hear from people who've seen. Can you ever forgive me? I mean. She's playing a lesbian in the 90s. Those are two things I love. So, I mean, like, uh, come on. Uh, and I have not seen Roma, but of course it's on Netflix. So I think I might watch it tonight. You know I'm going to butcher her name, so I, I'm going to try because she deserves to have her name said, right? Uh, Yalitza Aparicio. That's pretty good, I think. Aparicio. It might be Aparicio. In any event, I have not seen it, but, like, that's one where I have – oh, no, is she the one – She's the one where everyone's like, yeah, she, she has, like, no acting experience or she's not a professional actor or she's kind of like a – in any event, uh, maybe like a Gabourey Sidibe in Precious kind of thing where it's like, whoa, where did this raw talent come from? I feel like that's what I've heard about her if I'm – and maybe I'm wrong, but in any event, I'll find out because I'm going to watch it. Now, I, I 
have not seen The Wife. I think it's officially, as of like today or earlier this week, uh, it was officially available to buy on iTunes. And I guess I kind of want to rent it, not buy it. There, are, I, I know it's playing somewhere or in a couple theaters here, but I'm at the point now where like I don't really want to go to the movies unless I can go to like the bougie one, unless I can sit there and you know drink and eat hot pretzels in the dark. That's you know, that's kind of what I'm asking for these days. And I don't think the Alamo Drafthouse is doing uh, the wife right now, so I'm not going to be able to see it. Or I can just shell out the 15 bucks and just rent it on iTunes. I. I, I mean, I, I think that having, not having seen it, I just think based on all the buzz, I think based on everything else, I think this is Glenn's this year. I think it's it's a legacy award, if nothing else. I've heard that she's great in The Wife. I think I heard from, uh, this is probably on Squirrel Friends, I think they were talking about another podcast that was talking about her and was saying that uh, her character never, like she never has a moment where she, she never has a Tony Collette dinner table moment but she um she kind of like is she i guess they said like she's like a at a seven the entire time and it's like a solid seven and it's totally in line with who her character is and blah 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 like it's just uh i don't know it's supposed to be great i i'm keen to see it i guess if i'm being honest once i heard that she never really goes to a 10 i was like really but maybe i'm underestimating how great a seven is in any event i I guess I kind of hope that Glenn wins just because it's like, come on, it's Glenn fucking close. How does she not have an Oscar yet? She's been working her ass off. Now is just as good a time as any. And I think that like her biggest competition is probably Olivia Coleman. And as I said, maybe this is not Olivia Coleman's best work. And that's only because she could do even better. So anyway, that's my justification. Uh, so those are the top five. Tony, I'm sorry you're not there. Just as a side note, I think I said this on another episode. I have actually not seen the entirety of Hereditary more than once. Um, and I tried to finally rewatch it recently. And I like, I think I got like 45 minutes in and I was like, this is, this is too hard. Like, this is way too hard. I got, of course, I mean, I got through the, you know, obviously the, the incident and um, the bedroom floor grief scene, which is I think that was the second time I'd watched it because I've watched the dinner table scene a thousand times. I've played it on this podcast a thousand times. But the bedroom floor grief scene, I think, has to be, to me, is actually the more impressive moment. Like, not to be, ugh, I'm totally being that guy right now. I'm totally being that, like, well, actually, like, I don't mean, like, that's really cool that you all think that, like, that's, you know, that's the most incredible moment. But, like, I kind of can see what the better one is. Like, I'm not trying to be her uh, or him or them for that matter. I am, uh, that's just the one that I feel like, I think that this is kind of how Allison Janney and um, Laurie Metcalf, you know, were kind of the neck and neck for the best supporting actress. And Allison Janney and I, Tanya, felt like here is kind of the quintessential best supporting actress winner. And Laurie Metcalf felt like the, oh yeah, that's, that's maybe the more impressive work in a way because like she's make she's making so much more happen in a quieter way. Anyway, I feel like it's the same thing here where the dinner table scene is incredible. It I mean, it won a nuancy for God's sake. Uh, if you did not listen to the nuances episode that I don't even think you know what happened in 2018 uh, because it summed it all up as far as I'm concerned. Anything that happened happened was talked about on the nuances, you know? Um, but, uh, 
you know, I feel the same way that like I think that the the bedroom floor grief scene where she's just howling it out is that to me feels like less performative and it feels more raw and it feels more disturbing and that I don't think I've ever really seen before. I mean, I've seen we've seen incredible displays of grief in movies, but like that when I say I have never seen a performance like this before, it's kind of that moment that I'm always talking about. The dinner table scene, I mean, I've seen moments like that before. I I live for moments like that. I that that moments like that are like the the reason to jump out of bed and and go see more of the world because you might see one of those moments of somebody saying, you know, because nobody takes any responsibility for anything they've done, you know, like you go to Chili's, you go to Staples, you you know, you might just be on the bus. You don't know when you're going to see that happen, and I don't want to miss it. But what I never want to see ever is the bedroom floor grief scene. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't want to walk in on that. I don't get any, like, I don't get any, like, thrill out of that. I'm like, that's where I'm just like, oh, God, like, this is, I'm, I'm so glad. I, I just, I'm so glad I'm not in this movie. Not for all of the other awful shit that's going to happen. Not for, like, the razor wiring your neck open part at the end. Like, that sucks. But um, this part is, like, the part where I'm feeling, like, the deep pangs of empathy. And um, it's mostly because of her. I mean, it all is because of her. Because that that idea of, like, screaming out, like, oh, God, this hurts so much. Oh, God, I want to die. Like, the idea that she's, like... She's like a five-pound bag, and this is like 25,000 pounds of shit you're trying to fill it with, you know? It's just fucking impossible. It's Fire Festival impossible. I just watched that documentary on fire on the Fire Festival, and I have lots of thoughts. Um, I don't know if I have lots of thoughts. I would have never gone in the first place. Like, you dumb boobs. Like, there was no actual foot evidence of what you were going to. You deserved it for going down there and believing these people. For believing Ja Rule. Ugh, God, I'm sure... Ugh, no. Anyway. Um, let's, let's talk about Best Actress in a Supporting Role. Um, let's, let's talk about this, these, these, these ladies. Um, obviously... The favorites are there. Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz are there. I expected them to be there. I think there is part of me that feels like it's so on the nose that they're both nominated. I feel like they're both expected to win. Is that true? I don't know because obviously Regina King won for uh, If Beale Street Could Talk. She won the Golden Globe, which I haven't seen yet. Um, I watched a couple of clips on YouTube. To be honest, that's kind of the one I'm most excited by or like that's the one I'm rooting for. I loved both of them in The Favorite. I, I think they both did great work. I, I guess I feel like Rachel Weisz, she's won a Best Supporting Actress Oscar, I think, previously for The Constant Gardener. That doesn't mean you can't win another one, but um, I guess that's just in my head a little bit. And I think it's a good performance, but I feel like, well, if you've won one before, I'm making up rules that don't exist. I don't know. I think maybe Rachel Weisz needed to do like a little bit more. Like It was great. But, like, this is the fucking Best Supporting Actress Oscar. Beatrice Strait won this once. It's it's a pretty big deal, you guys. <laughs> so, I mean, so, um, and Emma Stone just won last year for La La Land. Come on, Emma. This was great. You showed your boob. You had those little moments. It was great. You're, it was, it's a great, it's a great performance. Um, I like Emma Stone. She has a bit of a Brenda Vaccaro vibe with that raspy voice. So, I mean, I have really nothing against her. Um, 
but uh, I've said enough. Um, I just, those are not the ones. Those are not the, the horses I'm batting on, you know? And then, of course, there's uh, Amy Adams, who I just feel like is the perennial nominee. She, it's just, it, she kind of is like the new Meryl Streep, where you're like, oh, yeah, Amy Adams, obviously. Okay, yeah, yeah, she got a nomination. Um, which is terrible to say, I guess, because Amy Adams is great. Right? Like, I. I haven't seen Vice, and I don't really have any interest in it. I guess it just feels like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm just like, it just feels like a bunch of straight guys who are like really impressed with themselves for what they've pulled off. I know that's probably so wrong, or like not 100% correct at least, but I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm bringing my own personal like, oh, oh great. The director of Dumb and Dumber is going to win an Oscar. Oh, I'm so glad. Oh, thank God. I'm so glad this and Green Book are going to win. Like, oh, thank – I mean, Green Book just feels like such Oscar bait, but I don't – I didn't even see it. I just – I feel like I saw that and I was like, oh, like, why is this winning all the awards? Like, what – haven't we seen this like a thousand times? Um, again, I haven't seen it, so like – talk about 25,000 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag over here. Um, now, Amy Adams is, is maybe great in it. I um, – my favorite Amy Adams performance, I think, is actually Junebug, which she did get nominated for an Oscar for, I think, for Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, certainly. And I loved her in that. Um, I don't know why I got all country right there. I loved her in that, but I guess it's appropriate for Junebug. But she has that great scene in the bed after – well, I don't want to ruin it for you, but she has a great hospital scene um, where she cries, and it's so good. And her character is so good. It's so – I honestly like it's like that meme of that like douchey white guy sitting at a little table outside where he's like prove me wrong like prove me wrong Amy Adams best performance I mean right Junebug isn't it I what's your favorite Amy Adams performance I think I need to see another one that's as good as Junebug for me to not feel like oh well Amy Adams got nominated again okay uh I like where she's really fucking good like she's good in doubt but like no, she's pretty good in doubt. No, but you know what I mean. Like, but she's not Viola Davis in doubt. I'm I'm talking that good. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. Enough about Amy Adams. I don't think she's gonna win. I think this feels like a requisite nomination. I don't know this this is actually this is the one that I'm most excited about because I know nothing about Marina de Tavira de Tavira. Ugh. Marina de Tavira. It could be anyway. She's she's the uh, she's in Roma. Marina de, de Tavira. Oh my god. I think I'm having a stroke. Um I don't know anything about her or I nothing. So that's I'm so excited to watch it now because I'm like, oh, there's a nominee in it. Um, and I almost don't want to know who she is in the movie because I don't know her. Obviously, I can't even say her name. I don't I don't want to know because I want to like realize, oh, my God, this is the best supporting actress nominee in this movie. Oh, my God, it's happening. I'm finding it. You know, like I want that. So um I was going to say, don't tell me, but you're not going to get a chance to before I see it. So, like, go ahead. Tell me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I Best Supporting Actress, and uh, I can't think of anybody who, like, I think should have been nominated who wasn't. I think because, again, I just did not see enough movies this year to kind of, like, have that opinion. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Beatrice Strait, Zora Lampert, Barbara Harris. I mean, I, you know what I mean? Like, my new faves. I know Barbara Harris is kind of new on the scene, and for me anyway, but, like, 
I am as obsessed with her now as I have been with Brenda Vaccaro for the last 20-odd years. So uh, it's, that is an impressive feat. I'm going to tell you what. Um, yeah, so I guess I'm going to say Regina King is who I'd like to see win. I'm really excited to see if Beale Street could talk because I did see – I think I talked about it recently, didn't I? I don't remember. Why am I asking? You can't tell me. Uh, but I saw Moonlight recently, which is the same director, and Moonlight was incredible. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Fucking Moonlight. I mean, normally, I mean, the women in it are great, but uh, and I loved uh, Janelle Monet in it. Oh, my God. I mean, uh, what's her name? Uh, Naomi Harris is incredible as his mother. I mean, she just transforms and transforms and transforms in three different, you know, eras, and it's it's three totally different performances it's wild um but then Janelle Monet, I just like there's something so subtle and so nuanced I mean I mean what other word is there uh there's something so nuanced about her uh in that in that movie that like I just I know who she is but she's not telling me she's like she's completely showing me does that make sense like I never feel like she's trying to like say and I'm this kind of woman and I do this I just feel like it's all in the performance that I know who this woman is. And it's in like little ways that she would, uh, I, there was this one way that she says in like the first part when she first meets him, uh, where she's, you know, eat your food or something like that. There's something kind of motherly about it, but it, it's done in a way not to say, Oh, see, she's kind of this surrogate mother. It's so much more subtle than that. And I don't know. I, I, it was all an inflection. So, uh, I really enjoyed her. And I think I also just liked her character. I was so relieved she was there, you know. But uh, the, I mean, as much as I love the women, I mean, uh, the obviously it's a it's a man's story, and it's uh, it was. I mean, it's so rare, right, that I'm like intrigued by men's stories. But I was totally wrapped up in it. I think the the second part when uh, when he's in high school, I think that actor. Oh my God, he is, he just like such sadness in his eyes. He's incredible. I don't know anything about him, but he, he is just like fucking Maria Falconetti. I mean, honestly, it is, it is incredible. The sorrow on his face. I just couldn't believe it. And that scene, I don't want to ruin the movie if you haven't seen it because, but like kind of the end of that chapter it was so cathartic, but also so like, oh, no, 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 but yes. Um, and then, of course, um, the third, the you know, the diner scene. I mean, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, that diner scene is just so good. And I love that, you know, it, the, the, the moment that really, like, broke my heart was, was, of course, the scene on the beach. It was, you know. Mild spoiler alert: the hand job scene because and not and it's it's there's this one shot where it's just like you're like the most beautiful part about it is like it's him being held you know and like he that's what he just needs most of all it's just like that affection and I I was um it was the kind of movie where when it was over I was like oh okay that was it was interesting I feel like I have there's like a structure of a story here and it it felt like then like overnight like all these gaps just filled in. I felt like when I woke up the next day, I had, I, there was such a, there was so much richer of a movie that had like bloomed overnight in my head. And I just was like, Oh my God, I saw so much without realizing how much I'd seen. You know, Moonlight absolutely deserved best, best, uh, best picture. It was so fucking good. And, uh, Mahershala Ali won for best supporting actor. Incredible. He was great. I really liked him. I just, I love that he's in everything now. He, um, 
and um, I can't remember his name, but the lead actor, he was in Bird Box as well. I knew his name, and I can't remember it, but um, oh my god, yeah, I he's yeah, I have, I have a lot of feelings about him. I have a lot of feelings about him. But maybe we'll talk about that when we talk about what happens in Fort Lauderdale, because that's kind of where my feelings lie. So, um, woof. Uh, so anyway, uh, that that's these are my feelings on the Oscars. I mean, who, what do I think is going to win Best Picture? Like, what the fuck do I know? Uh, I'm where? What are the nominees? Let's scroll down. No, there's so many nominees. There's always so many pictures for or so many nominees for Best Picture that I feel like. There's at least like three or four where you're like, yeah, that's probably not going to get, you know what I mean? All right. View by category. I'm kind of vamping because I can't find it. So um, why do they, best picture, why is it buried in the middle? What if you're trying to do a podcast? There we go. Um, okay. So the nominees for best picture are Black Panther, which I did not see, but everybody loved, obviously. Black Klansman, which I did not see, but I heard was really good. Bohemian Rhapsody, which I did not see, but I I know Amanda from Amanda Loves to Hate Teen Mom and Girlfriends really loved it. But I also know that the director is Brian Singer. And so chances are it's not going to win purely for that reason, which uh, is what it is. Um it's because Brian Singer is. Uh, you can go Google him. He's a he's a garbage can. Um, and then the favorite, maybe uh, directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. I love that name, Yorgos. Am I pronouncing that right? I don't know. Green Book, which I I just I don't know. I, I guess I'm like kind of surprised. Uh, Roma, who knows? A Star Is Born, I doubt it. And Vice, I don't know. So you know what? Best Picture could be. I think it could be Roma or The Favorite. I think. It's going to be one of those two. I think if it's Green Book, I guess I'll watch Green Book to see what what was so best picture about it. And if it's Black Klansman, that would be, uh, I don't know, that would be, that'd be really cool. And Black Panther, I think that would be so different. That'd be so, you know, to have like a Marvel, isn't it? It's Marvel, you know, like a superhero movie as best picture. I think it would be representative less of, it would be more representative of like the impact as like a commercial thing. Like that movie just made so much fucking money and was so successful. Um and I think it would be, yeah, it'd be a different kind of best picture. Like, I kind of feel like Titanic, like when Titanic won best picture, it was such a huge spectacle. But like, there's elements of that movie that are so stupid, you know? Um, right? Like, some of the acting is kind of cheesy or some of the story is kind of dumb, right? Like, I don't even have to talk about the whole, like, like Rose, move over and let him get on the door with you, Rose. Anyway, um... I think those are all my thoughts on the Oscars. I um I haven't addressed it until the end of the episode. You must be wondering where is Cherishing Valerie Part Six. I promise you, it's coming. It's it just because it was a busy. Uh, it's been a busy month. All right, Mary has just been like so busy because it's the middle of All Stars Four, and uh, I my computer is being crappy. It was just. I mean, you get it, like. You know, I'm one person. I've mapped out the rest of Cherishing Valerie. I know it's going to happen. I'm really excited about it. But, like, there's so many other things I'm, like, super excited about talking about as well. Cherishing Valerie, obviously, is is more scripted and more produced. And so that's why it takes a little bit longer. You know, I don't know how I banged out those first three. I don't know what was in me. I don't know how I did it. But I guess maybe I just wasn't as busy with other stuff. But I think that's everything. I think that's all I have to say this week. 
I obviously, I want to hear your thoughts on the Oscars. I obviously have a lot of completely unfounded opinions. You know, I, I, I've torn Green Book to shreds and I know 0.0 about it. So uh, tell me, tell me your thoughts. Tell me your opinions. Tell me what Best Supporting Actress nominees you would have liked to see on the list. Who am I missing from 2018 that I should be seeing? Um, yeah. Uh, tell me your thoughts on Best Supporting Actress, or Best Actress as well, I guess, right? Like, share your feelings on Tony Collette and why she should have been nominated. I mean, I don't know if I want to hear why you don't think she should have been. I don't think I want that email. Ugh. Um, I guess if you're nice about it, I don't know. Eh, I'll let you decide. Anyway, if you want to share all or any of those thoughts with me, you know how to do it. You just leave me an email. You leave me an email. You send me an email at inthedetailspod at gmail.com. You are more than welcome to connect with me on Twitter. I would love that. You can uh, follow me at Colin Drucker. You can send me a message there. Um, and if you want to make your feelings more permanent, you can scribble them on the wall at iTunes and leave five stars to let everybody else know that this is a celebration of nuance worth people's uh, time, talent, and energy, if you will. And uh, next week, I don't know what next week is going to be. It might be Cherishing Valerie Part 6. It might be this other YouTube thing. It might be something else entirely. Uh, keeping it fast and loose, but I have so many ideas. I was just watching The Office. Oh, I'm going to get into a whole tangent about The Office, but... Uh, I'm going to do some episodes on The Office. So, um, yeah. But anyway, we're wrapping things up. The music's playing. I got to go. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much for stopping on by for another little celebration of all the acting choices, micro moments, and magic in the Oscar nominees on In the Details. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>